Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. So great to see you guys today. So excited for this morning's uh, soap, Exodus 31. Um, we had an amazing weekend this past weekend. Uh, I'm going to echo the sentiments of pop from yesterday. So, man, Cumberland County's one year was ridiculous. Ridiculous. We had so many people coming out. The celebrations, the confetti. I don't know how we did confetti. And I'm pretty sure we left some remnants of confetti on the gym floor of Cumberland Christian School. And that's okay. They can bask in our celebration. Amen. And uh, so, hey, one year down for Cumberland County. 10 years down for Fusion Church, three years for EHT, and we just getting started, right? We are just getting started, right? I believe that we at Fusion Church, we are, we are, uh, we're, we're developing a legacy for our children, right? A church that's not, that's going to go beyond us. It's going to go beyond, you know, just this generation. So come on, let's keep praying. Let's keep pressing forward. Let's keep doing what we got to do. Um, keep allowing the Lord to work in us. And we're going to read about that a little bit today in Exodus 31. And we allow the Lord to, to speak to us and work through us to fulfill his will. Um, so it's amazing. It's an amazing time to be a part of not just the uh, of Fusion Church, but of the church. Amen. As a whole. So I'm going to pray and we're going to dig right into Exodus 31. Father, we love you, Lord. And we, we just welcome your Holy Spirit to meet us wherever we're at, whether we're at home, we're at work, we're driving, Father. We're listening later on on the podcast or on the blog, Father. We just pray that your spirit will be, be with us as we're, as we're digging into your word, Father, and that we won't be reading it with our eyes, Lord God, but we'll, we'll, we'll put on the lens of your Holy Spirit to reveal new things to us, to speak things to us, Father, to make these things make sense, Father. When we're talking about the, the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant and all these things that on the surface for us, we may think, why do I have to read this? Why does this matter to me today? But Father, we're going to see your intentionality, Father, of why you do what you do. So we praise you for what you're doing. Just be with us during this time. In your holy, precious name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Stretch. Exodus 31. And I am reading from the New King James Version. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting and carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed I, have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. 
the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the laver at its base, the garments of ministry, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister as priests and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Verse 12, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is, a, it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an ending of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's give it a stretch. Let's get that coffee in. And uh, like Pop yesterday, I'm on cup two right now. So it's about to get wild, guys. Y'all ready? All right. So. Beginning with verse two, it says, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, even even as as God was. God specifically chose Moses and Aaron. He also specifically chose these craftsmen for his service. Right. You know, when we, we, we've read, read these stories in the past, we just read about Moses and Aaron, you know, the, the, the two top dogs of Israel, Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron. But. But God is like, y'all can't do all the work. You know, Moses, you can't even speak, right? I had to, I had to send Aaron to hook you up and help you out, you know? So y'all can't, you don't have the skills to, to craft gold and to, you know, cut jewels into all these things. I'm going to provide for you, the people. I'm going to provide for you, the workers, to do the job that I, I need them to do. Verse three says, I have filled him, talking about, Bezalel, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. God supernaturally enabled Bezalel to do the work of building the tabernacle. And God saw this work as just as spiritual and, and just as dependent on the Holy Spirit's power as the work that Moses and Aaron did. All right. Let's, let's, let's listen. Let's, let's pay attention to that. The work that Bezalel was going to do was just as supernatural. Bezalel was just as filled with the Holy Spirit as Moses and Aaron. And this, this, and this divine empowerment wasn't restricted to just Bezalel because he was going to need workers. He was going to need help. One man couldn't do all this stuff. So he had to get the, the, the craftsmen, the worksmen, the, the artisans to come do the work. 
Verse six will we'll go on to say, I have put wisdom in the hearts of all who are gifted artisans. God wanted every worker, all of their labor to be blessed and be, and be prompted by the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, but not to work for themselves, but to work for the Lord. It says that they may that they may make all that I have commanded you. God's empowering isn't to be used for our own selfish need. A lot of uh, selfish needs, excuse me. A lot of us have gifts that the Lord has given us, and we're not called to use those gifts for our own sake. We're called to use these gifts for God's sake to further the kingdom, to push the kingdom. Colossians 3, verse 23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. Verse 7 says, the tabernacle of meaning, the ark of testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it. This list seems to, to, to be given because God wanted the work organized and attentive, you know, attention to detail. You know, God didn't just say, hey, man, yeah, hey, y'all, when make a tent, right? Put a lamp in there so y'all can see, and whatever y'all want, just make it happen. I'm cool with it. No, God, you know, is a God of detail, right? And he wanted them to be very meticulous in what they were doing. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Verse 11, this reminds us that, that God wanted a tabernacle and its furnishings built according to a specific pattern. It was a deliberate, deliberate model of a heavenly reality. When I spoke last Tuesday, I talked about how the 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 tent, the what was going to be sewn on the inside of the tent was going to be beautiful. Depictions of angels, and it was, and it's like a uh, the, the way heaven's going to look like with when you look up and you can see angels flying all around you, you know, very very meticulous. In verse 13, he goes on to say, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. That this command was, was strategic, strategically placed, excuse me, at the very end of all that the commands that he gave on building the tabernacle. You know, God gave Israel a work to do in building the tabernacle, but he didn't want them to work on the Sabbath. The rest that God required, that he wanted for them, was still to be respected. You know, it's easy for us to, to, to work and to work and to serve 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 and until we, till we kill ourselves. But God wants us to respect a Sabbath. You know, here, uh, if those of us who are on staff at Fusion Church, our Sabbath is Friday, right? You know, we can't, you know, because Sunday is a work day for us. Okay. Let's just, let's just be real. I, I work on Sunday. You know, that's a day of work, but Friday is our Sabbath. And we are very, very uh, serious about this. Pastor Brendan, especially, you know, this man, you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell on Pastor Brendan, but this is between us, right? You know, us 45 here, you know, don't go, don't go spread this to him. You know, one time I was sitting here, you know, Matter of fact, uh, Pop was on the soap and he was speaking. And that particular Monday, uh, we were given a day off because we had had like a crazy, like days upon days. We had no Sabbath, right? Because 
some kind of, I forget what, what function we were doing, whether it was worship in the park or it was something big. We were busy, 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 right? All day Sunday into the night. So Pastor Brennan said, you know what? Every All staff members take Monday off since y'all, if you've, if you've had no real Sabbath for like two weeks. Cool. Appreciate it. So on the soap, you know, all I do, I log in, Pop is doing his thing. And then I was just messing around on my computer. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I have things that I had to accomplish. Well, I got that accomplished. Let me go ahead and, and mark, my, you know, check it off, you know. And Pastor Brennan saw it. And my man texted me at like 6.20 in the morning. What are you doing? Why are you working? I'm like, I'm just checking off. You know, it's like, respect the Sabbath. Put me in my place. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, Pastor Brennan, you're lucky it's you. Anybody else talk to me like this via text. We gonna have, there's going to be consequences and repercussions. But, but, but his heart is genuine because it's like a day of, of rest is so important. Brothers and sisters, are you taking that day of rest? Are you taking a Sabbath? You know, and that doesn't mean don't do anything, but it's taking a day of rest. Verse 17 says, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. In the new covenant, covenant that the principle is still very important here now. Our rest in the finished work of Jesus is never to be eclipsed by our work for God. When workers for God are, are when, when, when we get burnt out, you know, they've always allowed their work for God to, to be bigger in their minds than the work is for him. It's like, I'm working so much. I'm serving, I'm serving, I'm serving, you know, and, and the work becomes more important than the service to the Lord. Does that make sense? Because we're putting so much effort into it and we're wearing ourselves out and it becomes an obligation. And that obligation takes precedence over a genuine heart to serve the Lord. See, the difference between what Jesus has done for us and what we do for him is like the difference between the sun and the moon. See, the sun is, is, is almost unbelievably bigger than the moon, right? The sun is crazy bigger than the earth, and the moon is, is crazy smaller than the earth. And that's the difference between what Jesus has done and what we do. See, but, see so even though, but even though the, the moon is so much smaller, you know, if the moon is, is in exactly the right place, it's possible for the, for the moon to eclipse the sun. And some Christians, we live in a constant state of total eclipse, where all we see is our work, but we're not seeing what God did for us. And we're blinded, and we think that what we're doing is more important than what God did for us. That's a word for somebody. Your work is not more important. And if you don't take that time to rest, that, he, that God commanded us to do in his word, we're going to get all out of whack. We're going to be all out of order. And you don't want to do that. You know, because so, when we get there, we're, we're allowing what we do for Jesus to seem more important than what Jesus did for us. And that's a sin. Because we're putting our sacrifice of, oh, I've been serving. I've been doing this. I've been doing that as more important than what Jesus did for us when he came and he died for, died on the cross. And that's dangerous, brothers and sisters. That's dangerous. And there are people who have done this and they are no longer part of the church. 
because they felt I'm not appreciated. I do all this stuff because they were out of line. Verse 18 goes on to say, tablets of stone written with, with uh, the finger of God. So we often say that, that something, something can be changed if it wasn't, quote, written in stone, right? You know, it's not written in stone, you know, so I don't got to do it like that. It's not written in stone. But you see, but these commandments were literally written in stone. These tablets, the, 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 the tablets of the testimony, you know, they were going to be placed in the Ark of the Testimony. The Ark of the Testimony is also known as the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, when you when you read Ark of the Testimony, Ark of the Covenant, same thing. Okay, those tablets were going to be placed in the Ark, along with Aaron's a rod that continually budded, and a jar of manna. All this stuff is going to be placed in the Ark of the Covenant. So, brothers and sisters, what do we learn here? What what is what is God trying to speak to us? See, God is talking to us specifically. You know how how he 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 filled. Bezalel with the spirit. He gave him the ability, the knowledge, the craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, as well as the ability to work in gold and jewels and bronze and stone and all these things. God spoke to Moses in a very unique way. But every part of this picture matters. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul, he talks about the body of Christ. He talks about the church and how it says we're all members, we're all part of the body, and how every part of the body matters. Every part of the body matters. So we can go to church and, and see someone serving and say, well, that person's really important. That person has a job title. That person, that person, that person. But we fail to realize that everyone is important. Everyone plays a role. If everyone did not play their role, there was gonna, there's going to be holes missing. There's going to be places where the church is lacking, where the body of Christ is lacking. And it may, it may, it may sound this, this may sound cliche that everyone's important, but it's true. And we're reading that it's biblical. Every role is important. Every position is important. God has given us, each and every one of us, unique gifts skills and talents to do so so to, to to all of us we all have something to do all kinds of things see and we may see certain jobs as more noble than others pastors missionaries teachers but how about an accountant how about a janitor and we think that a janitor can't be as as important as the pastor a janitor or accountant can they can't be more important as important as a missionary, the, the reality is that they're all valuable. Pastor Brennan jokes around that, you know, he's the, the chief coffee maker, right? And it's a joke, right? He says it, we laugh, ha, 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 ha. I've seen this man make so many cups of coffee. It's ridiculous. For the people. One of our previous pastors um, in the church, one day, uh, years ago, I saw him stack, you know, setting up chairs. And I asked him the question. I was like, pastor, how many... In your, in your entire ministry career, how many chairs do you think you set up? And he was like, Jason, probably thousands upon thousands of chairs. 
but the work has to get done. And no job is too insignificant, even for the pastor to do. We have it a function. You may see one of us pastors out there parking cars in the cold, in the rain. Why? Because the work needs to get done. At Cumberland County here, every single week, we are building the tabernacle. In essence, we are living the, the, this word that we've been reading over the past few days, couple of weeks. We are, we are living it in Cumberland County. Where every week we set up. We set up pipe and drain. We set up chairs. We set up this amazing LED screen and all the sound equipment and our foyer with tables and signs and, and, and displays and our kids ministry where we're setting up more pipe and drape and setting up classrooms for the kids and the nursery and all this stuff, right? I, as the location pastor, cannot do all of it. We need the workers. We need the volunteers. And everyone's important. Listen, I've, to, I've been very transparent about this. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I am not made for youth ministry, right? I like my kids. I don't like y'all kids, right? If you put me in youth ministry, brother Doug, brother Bob, listen, I'm telling you, if you put me in youth ministry, if you want those kids to go home the way they were dropped off, don't put me in youth ministry because I'm liable to choke a kid if they, if they get too lippy. But there are people who are gifted, who have the heart for it. Pastor Sean, Pastor Harry, their teams, they have a heart for children's and kids ministry and youth ministry. Everyone plays a part. There are things that I cannot do. When I was first going to school for ministry, I had to interview our pastors. And one of the, con the, the, the consistent things of all, of all of our pastors at the time that they told me is that they have to get the people who can do what they can't. Do the work that they can't or that they're unable to do. And there are people out there. There are you guys, all of you. We have 43 people on this call right now. Each one of you plays a role within the church. Do not ever think it is insignificant, that it doesn't matter. I don't like making phone calls, right? I don't just, just the idea of just of a list of people and I got to call and call and say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again it drives me crazy. Just thinking about it. I'm getting itchy, Doug, just thinking about it. Right now, I love talking to people. And if you see me in the foyer, I will talk to every single person. But just the idea of picking this thing up right here and just calling and I can't do it. But you know what? I got someone in Cumberland County who will. Who loves doing it. And it took me a, a little bit to find her, but it was simple as ha having a, a conversation and asking a question. I was like, oh, I love doing that. And after we first launched, I had a list of first-time guests. Because you know, if you're a first-time guest at Fusion Church, you will get a phone call from somebody within that first week, hopefully. Well, in Cumberland County, it wasn't happening because it was up to me in the beginning. And I had a list of over 170 people who I had yet to make phone calls to. And I was kind of doing it a little bit because, again, it's not my gifting. I just, just something about just, I don't like doing it. Let me tell you something. This girl, and some of y'all from Cumberland County, you know who I'm talking about, right? Who's a rock star over there. She knocked out over 170 calls within a week. 
And when she came to report that back to me, she was like, I had so much fun, Pastor Jason. I love doing it. That's her gifting. That administrative type work. What is the work that you're gifted at? Bezalel, prior to getting this word, he was probably just chilling. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you guys want something made? I'll whittle that, you know? But then it says the Holy Spirit came upon him and gave him the skills. I believe a lot of these skills and wood and jewels. And listen, if you're a woodworker, you're not necessarily a jewel worker or a bronze worker. But God gave him these skills because it was needed. What are the skills that are needed that only you have or that God wants to bestow upon you so you can further the kingdom? You can further the ministry. Verse six says, I have put wisdom in the hearts of all that they may make all that I have commanded you. The whole picture here is God's grace and gifts that he gives to all kinds of different people for all kinds of different jobs and responsibilities, all for the same purpose. And what's that purpose? That he may be glorified that his name will be glorified. Because when we're all doing our different works, right? You may be that person sitting in the parking lot, parking cars. You may be with Doug dancing in the foyer with a sign and greeting people and waving to people and smiling at people. But you know what? When that one hand raises raises up at the end of service and they accept Christ, your service is just as an uh, integral to that hand being raised. Now, we know it's all the work of the Holy Spirit, right? We do not save people. However, the experience that they felt coming in, you know, we have these crazy signs that say, welcome home when you walk into one of our locations. That feeling of home, you help bring that. You help make that happen. So you can say, when we have the stats of, X amount of salvations over the course of a year or the course of 10 years, whatever it is, like I played a part in that. So if any of you feel insignificant, you feel like, you know, I'm not doing anything as important as this person or that person. I just do this. I'm not as important as, as Pastor Brendan or Pastor Jose playing the guitar, the, the guitar, excuse me, or any one of the other, you know, leaders and, and, and elders and every, anything of a church. You know, listen, don't underestimate for a second how God is using, you know, the gifts and the grace that he has given to you. Don't underestimate it. Because right where you are right now, you know, you the work that you do is giving glory to him. When I was when I was in the Air Force, I'm, I'm going to begin to close here in a second. Um, my last duty station was the Little Rock Air Force Base, and I was I was a flight chief. I was in charge of the the overnight um, security operations for the for the uh, base. I was a cop, and so we we handled all security, all law enforcement, everything on the base. And I was in charge, and um, at a, we had we had we had two gates, you know, uh, to come onto the installation. And every night I would go to all my troops, you know, a whole bunch of people all over the place posted up and, and positioned at different areas on the base. And I would try to just spend a few minutes with them, just talking to them, see how they're doing. And I had this one airman um, who was perhaps the most disgruntled person I had ever met in my life up to that point. 
right? And he didn't understand why he was in that position. He didn't understand the significance. And you know what was crazy? No one had taken the time to talk to him. So this kid had already been in the Air Force for a couple of years. So you would have thought at some point somebody would have said, hey, your job is important because. So one night I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, do you need anything? You need some coffee, whatever, whatever. You know, and he was so upset. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, man, Sergeant Hernandez, this is some insert expletive, expletive, blah, blah, blah. Um, why am I here? Why? I, this doesn't make any sense. This is so dumb. I'm not doing anything here. And so I said, okay, first of all, calm down. Watch how you're talking to me, right? Because I don't like kids and you're younger than me and I'll choke you out. We already established that, right, Fusion Church? So I said, let me, let me just break it down to you. This is why it's important because you are guarding an entry point into a United States Air Force installation. On this base, we have X amount of resources. We have planes that are instrumental to the safety and security because our planes here at this base provide supplies for our troops who are downrange. They're constantly doing missions. And they're picking up troops, dropping off troops, dropping off supplies, all this stuff. So if you are not here, what if we're that base that somebody wants to come on and try to disrupt these operations? What if someone comes onto this base and destroys those planes? What happens to the troops who were downrange? What happens to their supplies? What happens to them coming back home? It gets disrupted. And how many lives are going to be lost? So in the greater scheme of things, you may think this is insignificant, but also in the greater scheme of things, this is one of the most important places you could be right now because you are instrumental to our war effort. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, his entire perspective changed. He was like, wow, Sergeant, I've never, never, I've never thought of it that way. I'm like, cool. Let's get to work. So his... Once his attitude changed, his work ethic changed. And let me tell you something about this kid. We had every quarter, we had awards, right? And this young airman in the United States Air Force, that next quarter, he won airman of the quarter. And then he helped us, our team, win team of the quarter. And we started winning awards. And it wasn't just because of him, but he was part of it. He was instrumental. And all it took the time was someone to explain to him, right? Each and every one of you is instrumental. And it doesn't matter how insignificant you think what you do is, it's important. You may be the person who changes the toilet paper in the bathroom, changes the paper towels. That is, that's right, Doug. I've changed more paper towels at EHT than I can count. And I don't even go there no more, but I'm still changing out paper towels but it's important. God puts us, you know, where we are with the gifts we have for the accomplishment of his purpose. What is most important is not what, what, what part we're playing. What's most important is that we're faithfully playing whatever part that he calls us to play using the resources, the gifts 
the talent, the grace that he gives to us for his glory. That's what's important. We can read Exodus 31 and be like, okay, Bezalel, he made the tent. Cool. But no, his work was so important. His work was as important as Moses and Aaron. As important as the two leaders of Israel. Your work is just as important as any leader, as any pastor, as any elder, as anyone that you think. Your work, let me go go even crazier. You can put on the TV and look at any one of these mega preachers who've got thousands and tens of thousands of people going to their church and you see what your work in the parking lot is just as important as their work. Because your work truly, truly can reach people who are far from Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. and We thank you for your word. We thank you for, for, for a chapter uh, uh, like this, 18 verses that we can still dig into it and we can see you in it, Father, and we can see our significance in it, Father, and how you've chosen us to serve your kingdom. Father, I pray that we will never forget, we will never take for granted that we get to serve your kingdom. We get to serve your son, Jesus Christ. In whatever capacity we've been called to serve, we get to do this. So, Father, thank you, Father. Thank you for the for the for the, the gifts and the talents that you've imputed upon us, Father. I pray that we will continue to use it for you and not for our own selfish gains, Father Lord. I pray for everyone on this call, Lord God. I pray, pray, pray that you would bless them, Father. You bless their homes, Father, bless their families, Lord, and just continue to, to, to open up their hearts and reveal new truths that you want to reveal to them, even just to them, about who you are and who they are to you. So, Father, we praise you and we love you and we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys, love y'all. This has been a good one. I'll see you again next week. God bless.